Happy holidays! It's Christmas, and we have a special gift for you this holiday season. It's an episode of our sister podcast, Everyday Climate Champions. Everyday Climate Champions is a podcast that's local here to the Bay Area and focuses on what ordinary people can do in the battle against climate change. This episode is on a subject dear to our hearts, plant-based eating. Ravinder Sigal of the SF Veg Society explains how changing our eating habits can have a real positive impact on CO2 emissions, from going full vegan to just eating a little less meat. Enjoy! So if people reduce the amount of animals they eat, I believe slowly we can reduce the amount of carbon dioxide being released into the atmosphere and it will improve the climate. Hi there, welcome to Everyday Climate Champions, where we speak with community members here in the San Francisco Bay Area about how they're putting real climate solutions into action. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me, Alyssa Feinstein, your host for this episode of Everyday Climate Champions, where we are going to explore the relationship between plant-based diets and climate change. Research from many groups have found that plant-based diets have a much lower impact on climate change than an animal-based diet. But unlike buying an electric car or installing solar, moving to a more plant-based diet seems like a less popular and less sexier way to decrease one's greenhouse gas emissions. Or is it? It's a reason we are exploring the topic with today's guest, Ravinder Sigal of the San Francisco Vet Society, a nonprofit organization that promotes a plant-based diet and a healthy, ethical, sustainable way of life. In addition to serving on the board, Ravinder is also a professor at San Francisco State University in their biology department, where he has studied how climate change may affect the spread of avian malaria, as well as how deforestation affects biodiversity. Ravinder lives in San Francisco, the territory of the Ramaytush Ohlone peoples. Ravinder, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Alyssa. I'm so pleased to be here. What was your journey to a fully plant-based or vegan diet? I was mostly vegetarian for a large part of my life. You know, I'm from an Indian background, so my grandparents were vegetarian. After I went to college, I was a vegetarian. And then in 2004, I saw a movie called Peaceable Kingdom about the farm sanctuary. And I just felt like this is the time. I became a vegan and that was it. I just stopped eating all animal products. What was it about that video that really struck a chord with you? Factory farming and the torture of animals, but also understanding that animals are leading to a lot of environmental problems. And that leads us to the climate change question, because really there's three reasons to be a vegan, one for health, one for the animals, but also for the ecology of the planet. What is the connection between plant-based diets and climate change? So there's been lots of work on this. And there was a paper recently by Michael Eisen and Patrick Brown showing that if we reduce animal farming and factory farming, we have the potential to reduce net emissions by 
50% of what's required to get to the limit of warming of two degrees Celsius. And so what it means to me is that if we reduce animal agriculture, we can use that land for other things. And that means we can use it for plants, which are greenhouse gas reducers. You think about a plant, you think about a redwood tree, where does all that redwood come from? It comes from the air, it comes from CO2 in the air. The CO2 gets incorporated via photosynthesis into those enormous redwood trees. Every single plant around you is basically using up the carbon dioxide. And so if we channel the land into agriculture for plants and for trees and for grasses, instead of animal production, we can use that land and basically remove CO2 from the atmosphere. Can you tell me more? The reality is in the United States, a lot of cattle production is basically in factory farms. They're using the corn and soybeans and all that from our land to feed the cattle. And so if that land was used for other things to allow it to grow back into its original state or else to use that land to feed humans directly instead of losing that energy through the production of cattle, we would have a much better and healthier planet. So those are the kinds of things we have to think about. How can we use our land most effectively to feed the number of people that we have on this planet, which is 8 billion now? One area that people might not think about is where beef is produced and where cows are raised for beef consumption. A lot of it is coming from areas that are cutting down the rainforest. That's right. In Brazil, it's very common. They've been cutting down the rainforest to have more land for the cattle production. We find that after deforestation, we have mosquitoes that arrive, such as Aedes mosquitoes, which spread dengue fever, yellow fever, and Zika. And so those mosquitoes arrive really shortly after deforestation. And so biodiversity changes with deforestation, and then diseases emerge, such as Zika, such as dengue. HIV came from the rainforest, and we know that Ebola came from the rainforest, and we know that bats harbor COVID. And so these infractions where we move into the rainforest and cut it down, we bring ourselves into contact with more emerging diseases. That's going to infect everybody on our planet. It's interesting to see the interconnectedness of deforestation on diseases, but also on food agriculture, which you've touched upon, how there is this big interconnectedness between disease and producing food. And then what comes out of that, as you're saying, is a lot of these diseases that we haven't seen in humans before, but now they're emerging is what I'm hearing. That's right. And so absolutely, cutting down the rainforest is detrimental in so many ways. It's removing the sink of all the carbon dioxide. It's removing the potential for all the oxygen to get into the air from these lungs of our beautiful rainforest. Plus, cutting down the rainforest for cattle production, again, is leading to a loss of biodiversity and affecting climate change.
What dietary changes can individuals make to decrease a reliance on cattle and other animal-based products that cause destruction of rainforests and other land that we really depend on to mitigate climate change? So these are the kinds of things that are being really studied right now, where you have all kinds of information about how much energy it takes to produce protein, like you said earlier, producing tofu requires much less energy than producing cattle. The water, the land, everything is coming from that. We know that the tofu footprint is basically about 40.4x less land and 9.5 less water. If you have environmental impact of tofu, it's about 30 times less than the beef burgers. And so those are the kinds of things we can remember, that we can use our land for producing soybeans which gives you just as much protein and as all the essential amino acids as meat. And also don't forget methane because methane is produced a lot by beef, cattle, and other ruminants. And so if we reduce the feeding of cattle, we reduce the methane, which is actually a worse greenhouse gas than CO2. And so what we can really come to is that you don't have to be a vegan. You can reduce the amount of meat in your daily lives, and that would still have an impact on the planet, just in terms of the number of cattle being slaughtered and the number of chickens and the number of pigs. And that will reduce the energy output that's being wasted by feeding all these animals. And instead, we could use the soybeans and the agricultural land for feeding the humans and reduce the number of greenhouse gases, plus use the CO2 from the atmosphere to make more trees and more plants. Is there anything else that people can do to reduce their food-related footprint? Just thinking about where your food comes from. Remember how far it takes to move these animals and eggs around the world, which is a lot of gas consumption, a lot of energy to move these things in trucks. It's a lot of energy to use fertilizers. Fertilizers come from fossil fuels to grow the products that are feeding these cattle and these chickens. How do you think that individual actions like yours can really pave the way for larger systemic changes that we need? we reduce the amount of animal agriculture, we could really reduce the carbon emissions. And so if people reduce the amount of animals they eat, I believe slowly we can reduce the amount of carbon dioxide being released into the atmosphere and will improve the climate. So everyday steps are just looking at what you eat, being conscious of your choices. Why do you think animal agriculture and plant-based diets are not part of the wider discussion around climate change? It's very difficult for people to give up something that they love and that tastes so good to them and has a cultural heritage. Every single type of food in every culture, except maybe Ethiopians on their holidays, is non-vegan. And so there's just a lot of diet choices that have to be changed based on the cultural traditions. And so, you know, my mother's from Lithuania. She has ham on Easter and she has turkey on Christmas. But is that really necessary? And I think at this point, people have to think of us as one single species 
we're 8 billion people on the planet that are affecting the climate. And so we have to think of ourselves as one humanity and what can we do together to reduce the impact of ourselves on this planet. So what are some of the best resources for someone who wants to adopt a more plant-based diet? Oh, there's so many resources. You can go to the internet and I know. <laughs> see many, 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 many different options. And But what's really fun to do is just go to your to Rainbow Grocery, for example. It's a wonderful grocery store that's all vegetarian here in San Francisco. You can go to Physicians for Responsible Medicine and learn about how the plant-based diet can help you and your health. You can look at the San Francisco Veg Society. Plus, you can just make friends with vegans and really talk to people about how they live their lives and what kind of foods we eat. Is there anything else you would like to share, such as tips for those who are considering a plant-based diet? Well, being a vegan is one of the best things we can do for humanity and for our planet. If you really slow down the meat consumption, it's good for everything. It's good for your health. It's good for the planet. It reduces the carbon dioxide emissions. It is also good for the animals. And so there's just so many positives. And it's so easy now. Go to Burger King and eat the Impossible Burger instead of the beef burger. Why not go to a store and buy some of these plant-based chicken nuggets or this plant-based cheeses or these plant-based ice creams? instead of the dairy ones, because they're really, really delicious. I also encourage anybody to contact me or else look at the SFVS website to learn about the San Francisco Veg Society. Great. We look forward to seeing more of your work out there. Thank you very much, Alyssa. It's been a true pleasure to speak with you. You've been listening to Everyday Climate Champions, presented by the Climate Reality Project's Bay Area Chapter. If you know any local folks who would make great guests, please drop us an email. As climate reality founder and former U.S. Vice President Al Gore says, solving the climate crisis is within our grasp, but we need people like you to stand up and act. To learn more, please visit climaterealitybayarea.org. See you next time. And that's it for this episode of Linksploration Bay Area. Thanks to our friends over at Everyday Climate Champions for making a guest appearance on our podcast. We'll have a link to their website and the guests and groups that have been mentioned in our show notes. See you next time. Exploration Bay Area is an independent podcast. You can find photos, show notes, and our archives on our website at linksploration.com. You can email us at linksploration at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This is Jean and Christy signing off until next time.